0: The Parkinson
2: Spiegel Show.
0: If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah.
2: Cubs have a new reliever. Richard Lovelady is here to get some work in the bullpen. The new left-hander, Richard Lovelady. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, right? I mean, because like a lot of people love ladies, you know? I mean, uh, sure. people of all sorts of, of stripes love ladies.
0: <laughs> when you're a quarterback at Alabama, you see that lovely lady there? Whoa.
2: And, but it implies that he himself is a love a love lady, although I guess he is a love lady. Nah, it's good to have fun with names. Have you ever known a love lady in your life? This was new to I've me I've known today. the love of... Two ladies. Yeah, no. Uh I'm
0: sorry. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah, well no, oh. I tried. Damn straight. Always wanted to do that, man. I think if I were a millionaire, I could hook that up too, cause chicks dig dudes with money. There is a Love Lady
2: Texas. There is? Love Lady Texas. This love lady is from Tennessee.
1: Well, or I I get confused. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. I think I can one-up you here. Please do. Charles
0: Harrelson is from Lovelady, Texas, the father of Woody Harrelson,
2: famed murderer. Oh, my God. (laughs) Clear that up. Woody Harrelson, not the famed murderer. Yeah, he's a psychopathic killer so what Danny we've talked about sentence structure before
0: we have he killed a guy (laughs) Charles (laughs) as did Brick yeah I stabbed a man in the heart the famed murderer has to come before
2: (laughs) Woody Harrelson not after but
0: he killed multiple people Charles did (laughs) yes
2: (laughs) he's from Love Lady Texas I didn't realize he's from Love Lady I'm sharing information that I found on Wikipedia
0: because we don't want any more murderers I think we should (laughs) just go on to the next question who are the murderers (laughs) oh Clint and he murdered a guy.
2: Yeah, you know, we're not no, allowed to. You're not no, allowed to put out no
1: accusations. Do you never
2: hear that? You're supposed to be funny. Let's oh. get on exactly. so get with I it. I
0: thought it was a matter of record. Shut, Shut up. up.
2: Shut up. Hey, ladies. One, one, two, three, and Here, here we go. go. Here we go. Here we go, Jeff. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from two to six on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station.
0: Thanks for hanging out. Parkins and Spiegel on the, sh- on the score. Tell a friend. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five star review. Join us on Twitch and YouTube. We're everywhere. Can
2: you do more than five stars? Can you add an extra star?
0: I don't think so. Damn it. I don't think so.
2: That's too bad. Yeah. Well, we'll be lucky to get to four and a half after Shane's Goodfellas review. It was a hell of
0: a review. <laughs> Man. It really was. I
2: under you know, I understand where he's coming from. He's seen the twenty years of mob art, movies, and TV since then, and he's heard this built up, you know, for years and years. I, I understand a little bit of the underwhelmed feeling.
0: I mean, he also thinks that kicking and screaming is Will Ferrell's best work. So
2: Never said it was his best.
0: Said it was better than Step Brothers. Yeah, one, te-
2: one text <laughs> said, go back and watch your soccer movie. Uh, uh, anyway.
1: Anyway. Anyway, That's
2: not how you start the 5 o'clock hour.
1: No. Thanks. Come
0: see us in person uh, and yell at Shane about Goodfellas at Benchmark. Uh, we'll be there the day of the big game, February 11th. Molly and Haw. Dan Lawrence and Layla and us from noon to three. We'll all be on the air together talking about KC San Francisco. All you got to do to get in, have a hundred bucks in your circus sports, Illinois app doors at noon. There's free food. There's entertainment, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, circus for all the information and to sign up.
2: It's exactly the kind of thing this station should be doing. Let's get out. Let's hang with the people. Every single one of us think it's great.
0: Yes. Yeah, Sunday, the 11th noon to three at benchmark. So we know the list. We know, we know the
2: Full offensive staff.
0: Yeah, the and the pecking order of coaches who would be there for Caleb Williams, or in theory, uh, for Justin Fields, Shane Waldron, Thomas Brown, Kerry Joseph. Mm-hmm. That's the list. If Shane Waldron goes and gets a head coaching job because Caleb Williams is so amazing, the Ken Dorsey to his Brian Dable or the Joe Brady to his Ken Dorsey yes. is potentially Thomas Brown and Kerry Joseph. I heard
2: a great phrase that I'm going to steal. Love th- it. And and I'm going to use it now and I bet you will too because it's so good. Thomas Brown is a continuity cushion for the potential loss of Shane Waldron. So you, you, ha- you could lose Shane Waldron and Thomas Brown, who has been an offensive coordinator for a little while. He's the
0: passing game coordinator. Here.
2: Correct, correct. So that is somebody. And Terry
0: Joseph is the quarterback coach. So
2: you've got two guys who could be continuity cushions should Shane Waldron move on. So that, that's one aspect of this for sure. I thought of you for another aspect, which is that all during the process, you said it'll be interesting to see if they hire two of these guys, if they hire two or three of these yeah, guys. That was,
0: that was, that, yeah, that was happening. That was, and there's connections to these guys. Uh, They work together in Seattle. And Kerry
2: Joseph and Waldron. Kerry
0: Joseph and Waldron work together in Seattle. And so they're interviewing these guys for OC jobs, but all of them were pretty qualified. And it's like you could squint and see three or four of them as OCs, but but probably not. And there's only 32
2: of those jobs. But I also like. And Thomas Brown and Shane Waldron work together under Sean McVay.
0: Correct. And so there's connections there, they know each other. For Darnell Wright and DJ Moore and Cole Komet and all of that, it is another thing similar to McVay. The The, the plays should not be terribly different. Of course, there will be some tweaks to terminology and yeah. preference and all that. But stylistically, the offense should actually be fairly similar to Luke Getze. So you could say that this is, hey, Fields and Getze didn't get along, but this is still going to be pretty similar for him. Like if he wanted to make the case that this was for Justin Fields, I think that's how you'd go about doing it. But I don't think all of these guys who had the ability to interview for offensive coordinator positions come here to coach Justin Fields. I don't know. I, I, I think that this job and Albert Breer has said the same thing. I think the caliber of the staff that was able to be put together is largely okay. due maybe to the ability to say, "Look at what Bobby Slowik had happened for his career
2: with CJ with CJ
0: Stroud. He's ended up going back to Houston, but he got a bunch of interviews. He got a huge raise reportedly in Houston, and everybody knows his name. And he will be on all of the head coaching interview lists again next year. That it it feels to me. Obviously, I can't prove it, mm-hmm. but it feels to me." like the caliber that the industry says this staff is is tied to the Bears having the number 1 pick and that increasing the attractiveness of the job
2: i i'll I'll grant that as uh, as part of the attractiveness without a doubt I think there's there's a few things about the Thomas Brown hire that that I love. The all right, throw them at me. Passing game coordinator. First of all, it's becoming more and more common to have that person who works along with the OC, and so just the fact that they're going that it's a very modern modern thing. I love his perspective as a former running back who has now transitioned. He's been a tight ends coach. Yep. He's been an offensive coordinator. Now the passing game coordinator, but he's got he's got that mindset a little bit. obviously the McVeigh thing and the fact that he and Waldron have worked together, but McVeigh loves Thomas Brown. like I was really intrigued by reading about Thomas Brown's history because McVeigh played against him in high school when McVeigh was a high school player he played against Thomas Brown and loved him and then later on when he got into coaching he was like, oh yeah, oh my God, I remember what kind of competitor you were. Come come work with me absolutely. And then he wanted him to become an offensive coordinator because he believed in him as a leader and as a communicator. Yep. So in order to help facilitate that, he gave him a specific job and it was the same job that, that McVay had in the year before he became an offensive coordinator. That's tight ends coach. And I thought this was fascinating. McVay believes that when you are a tight ends coach, it prepares you for the next job of being the offensive coordinator because so much of what McVay does and what the system does is about tight end usage. It's about 13 personnel and what the guys need to do when you're coaching technique and you're coaching them to sell one thing when you're about to do another and you're you're making sure that when you're the tight ends coach, you are on top of every bit of disguise in this offense and every bit of utilization of either your blocker or your receiver in that way. So, the McVeigh endorsement on the personal level and how he kind of has helped groom him for life as an offensive coordinator is really interesting to me.
0: I think that it's all fantastic stuff. I also like the competitor side of it. Yeah, reading about him, like I don't remember him as a player. Dude was in the NFL for a long time, right? No, not not a. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, okay. practice squad guy. Sixth round pick. Dude, mm-hmm. he's five foot eight. <laughs> he's five, eight, 200 pounds is what his listed weight was.
2: Now Chad Morton, I do remember in the league. You remember Chad Morton, who's now the new Bears running backs yes, coach?
0: Yes, but but Thomas, like to hear McVay talk about him, talk, so this guy's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. He played toughest sell. like we talk about like coaches relating to players being able to speak their language yeah at, this guy being a former player in the league played at miami all that stuff like that, that 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 strikes me as a potentially valuable or play, played at college at georgia excuse me uh falcons and browns in the pros uh he was a coach at miami as their offensive coordinator and running backs coach for mark for
1: mark, co- mark rick correct
0: um but Here is, we have some McVeigh, right? We have some McVay on on Thomas Brown. Yeah,
1: I think it's just his everyday approach. Um, He he had great experience, you know, when we first got connected. But shoot, I remember watching Thomas when we played against each other in high school. He's one of the ultimate competitors. He's always trying to just continue to perfect his craft, whether that was when he was playing or whether that's as a coach. Um, and he did such a great job of owning whatever role it was, whether it a running back or the tight end coach, but there was always an interest in continuing to absorb a bunch of different material where, hey, I want to be able to make sure that, hey, I'm doing my job right now, but I'm also setting myself up um, for the opportunities that I think he knew were ahead. And, uh, and that's been a consistent thing with him. I don't know that there's one moment that, that steps out. I think the biggest compliment I can give him is the consistency at which he approached every day and how that built towards him interviewing the way that he did with coach Reich. Um, I remember when, you know, I was speaking with him about it. I think this was something that he envisioned inevitably happening. And uh, I know he'll attack it and, uh, and and do a really good job and and being able to collaborate with the rest of the coaching staff and figuring out how to put, you know, your guys players in the best positions, but I'm not at all surprised and uh, looking forward to, uh, to him doing a great job attacking that opportunity.
2: That, that That's a great pull. I, 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 I think it's really cool. And it, McVay is is an important dude, not just because of all the former assistants that are now around the league, but just because he's widely considered to be absolutely freaking brilliant, you know, like, like the recall and the way that he thinks about it and the bandwidth to do what he does and has done. Is freaking legendary.
0: Yeah, some some game management conservatism that people don't love, but the play calling, the intelligence, the communication skills, the identifying of coaching talent. Uh, and people say, one guy on the text lines, he's I don't get the McVay fascination. He 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 flashed once.
2: He's been to two Super Bowls. Once with Jared Goff. Once with
0: Jared Goff, and then with Matt Stafford. So so he's he's one and one in Super Bowls, and he's been there with two different quarterbacks. And how old is he? 40? 38? Let
2: me tell you this. Like, I mean, for the last 7 years, he has been the youngest coach in the NFL. Yeah,
0: until today, right?
2: No, until earlier in the offseason, Gerard Mayo was number one.
0: Oh, right, but then the guy today, Mike McDonald from the Ravens, right? yeah, McVeigh's 38.
2: There are now two coaches in the NFL that are younger than Sean McVay. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was this offseason. It ends a run of 7 years with him as the youngest head coach in the NFL, which is insane. That is
0: crazy. It's it's just a the idea of like, I don't get the fascination with McVay. he's Boy Wonder, man. He's 38 years old. He's been in the Super Bowl twice, and he's he's 77 and 49 is his win. So the guy's winning.
2: And there's like 40 coaches that are that used to work for him that working are, are working around the league. And
0: there've probably been 40 coaches fired since he got hired. You know, you hire a 31, 32-year-old guy, the odds are he's going to get fired. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he is. He's the goods. He, he's he's what everything that pe- people say about him yeah. is clearly the league is basically falling all over itself to copy him at every turn
2: yeah it's interesting you know it's, our, our guy softy Mahler when he was on with you um last week while I was uh, on an island uh, said that he didn't like Shane Waldron one of the reasons he didn't like him is because he doesn't want to be a head coach that he's not head coach he couldn't mis- see him as being a head coach. Is that, okay
0: yeah 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 it's not that he doesn't want to be one they th- could that he couldn't that he couldn't see him as being a head coach because of his communication
2: skills yeah so I I mean I don't know I I I don't really care about that, necessarily. Like, if he's a a good offensive coordinator, then great. I do need him to be a feisty leader of men, or if he's not, I need Thomas Brown to be that. Like, one of them has to be a bit of an ass-kicker. You know, one of those two really has to be a bit of an overall ass-kicker for an offensive coach.
0: I don't... uh, Because somebody asked him. The Waldron thing is that he is... Yeah, I guess maybe a little bit more understated and calm. Uh-huh. It's like the calming influence. I, but I, I've i never spoken to him. I, I, I don't know. I, so I don't want to character right. profile any of these guys until we either talk to them or talk to people that know them very well.
2: That's fair. I, I guess what I'm saying is I do believe firmly that on a coaching staff for a specific side of the sure, ball. Sure, a good cop, bad cop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know who that will be. I don't know who that will be either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but, but it could be. Shane Waldron might be smart enough to know that whatever he's not, Thomas Brown is, you know? Yeah. Which would be a wise way to go about your business. Like what,
0: what? the Eagles have done with the this uh, Clint Hurt character. You guys see those videos of that guy going I, around? I they're, did, they're, yeah. Their new D-line coach. Yeah. He uh, seems like he'd be fun to hang out with. Yeah. They, there's a little NFL Films little piece of audio video that they released talking about, like, it shows his demeanor. This guy is... A huge guy. It's like, you know, picture him. and Bigger than Big Dom? Well, just people are talking about the presence that him and Big Dom are going to have. I think they're going to do for a culture change. I think they'll get it. Listen to this guy talking about pad level with one of the shorter players. Active feet, violent hands, pad level. You should never have a problem with your pad level. Seeing that your little ass is built close to every sidewalk in America. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. It's Clint Hurt, everyone. That's amazing. Oh, wow. It's really good. That's really good. That's
2: it's oh man. See, but Philly is instructive on this stuff. Like in terms of the mix of a coaching staff. Cause we, we had heard that Shane Steichen was a bit of an ass kicker Yep. and their quarterbacks coach, Brian Johnson was the nice guy. And then he became the offensive coordinator and there was no ass kicker
0: left. What do we think about Eric Washington?
2: I, I, the, the, I, I've heard the, nothing but, but, but good things that, that intrigued me about Eric Washington. It, it,
0: it's funny though. Like I don't, I, I want to get better at this as we do it more and learn from our own mistakes, right? Like All anybody said about Matt Nagy was good things, and all anybody said about Luke Getzey was good things, and we talked about Aaron Rodgers endorsing Luke Getzey, and we played that stuff. You know what I mean? So a lot of this is... The personnel that Ryan Poles gives them. What type of ingredients do you give the chef? That's not to say that coaching doesn't matter. It obviously does. I think it matters more in the NFL than it does in any other pro sport. I don't think it's particularly
2: close. Uh, well, but I, What I really like about the mix, though, with Washington is that he's a defensive line specialist. If you had to pin him down as one, he's been a D-line coach in college and in the pros. Yep. And Eberflus is a linebacker guy. I mean, obviously, he's going to be the defensive coordinator and they have the linebacker coach Borgonzis the linebacker's coach right but young defensive linemen like like Dexter and Pickens and if they draft a young edge rusher with a really good D-line coach who is the DC let's go
0: yeah i He's mean a Marinelli I, guy yeah i think that that makes a lot of sense that the the group <clears throat> on the team that needs to be coached up the most is is the defensive line, right. the, the group on the defense. Yep. So if Iberflus is going to call the plays, but again, they were limited in the type of the caliber of coach that they could get for that job. They just were. People would say that me being a hater. Hogue was on the station today talking about, like, you're probably not getting Chris Harris for that job because he wants to call plays. Mm-hmm. And if Eberfluss is going to call play, like, you're a defensive coordinator. Under a defensive head coach yeah. who also calls plays. Sure. So this is journeyman coach. He's in it, I think he's 54, 55 years old. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? A good teacher. He's in it for the grind. He's in it for the love of the game. So, he's in maybe, it for the, so, so like I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad hire. Right, right, right. I, I'm saying they hired for these probably the specifics of coaching defensive linemen and that he doesn't. He's not going to be a play caller. I hear you. It, you know,
2: it, it could also be though that this is a guy who doesn't have some of the the personal skills or the communication skills to be a big time badass defensive coordinator. I have no idea, but gets an opportunity here because he can he can rise up while the head coach is the defensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Like, there's it, it, when, when you're looking at this job and you're Eberflus, you try to pick and choose the best fit and a D line fit is a is a really good fit.
0: I just me. I I think on paper this staff makes sense. On paper, the offensive staff is probably as good as they could have possibly done without having a head coach opening. Uh, you know I like Shane Waldron. I liked him last year with Gino. I It was my favorite story in the NFL last year. Yep, and, I talked talk about it in the middle of this year for and, the Bears. And I
2: like Thomas Brown, so let's, let's plant right. our flags. Anything good about the offense, I'm going to be crediting to Thomas Brown.
0: All right, well, I'll probably credit Caleb Williams. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited for our first polls position, by the way. The Monday after the Super Bowl, you like, are. I got something planned for it that I don't like. Know that I can even Whoa. wait for it. Is
2: that a thing that might happen? Is that what you are saying? I'm
0: just. I I know of something that is going to happen. That because this
2: this is where things happen. I know, what I'm
0: but I'm just. I'm personally saying that I don't know that I can wait for the Monday after the Super Bowl. I'm very excited. It's not a party, is it? It's I just not- want to know if I need to dress accordingly. It's not a party. It's not gonna be more. Be- Calling
2: sick. It's not you, gonna be balloons.
0: Yeah, right? yeah. We'll see. There's not gonna be balloons. No. But well, there is something. Let's see if Robbie can work that day. There is there is Yeah, you guys would love that, I bet. Oh, oh Christ. <laughs> Feeling a little scared? No? <laughs> no?
2: All right. I wonder what Robbie thinks about good folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's good. Sorry, I'm already working on my Monday after the Super Bowl fact sheet. I hope you love it. <laughs> Let's see that guy find his cell phone number. All right? See if he can. Wow. So let's see that guy get Ice Cube wow. on the line. Is there a positive vibe in here right now? There was Groats. There was. <laughs> it wasn't, no. Was not one point?
0: <laughs> I don't even know if like I don't even know if this is like reasonable. If it's my fault because I worked with him on the Parkins playoff shows and tweeted about him. No, maybe we're I, just having fun. I honestly don't know what this is. He did help with the Shane Walter and fact sheet. Robbie Triano, good at his job. I'm going to say that right now. Oh, boy. Good at his job. Don't do that. That guy is don't. a future executive producer at this station Whoa! on a day part show. Whoa. Yeah, I'll say that right he now. He's leaned we're having in. A little fun. Yeah, yeah
2: he's he steered into the skit. I'll say that right <laughs> now. Dead. I didn't say
0: on this show. I'm saying I'd buy stock. Yeah, There's not many. I, I know. I'm saying I think I, we all agree. I say I buy, I'd buy stock in Robbie Triano. Oh, goodness. That's what I'd say Man. right now. In fact, if you'd I, want to buy stock, you'd have to buy it from me because I own all.
2: You of own all the stock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is one of those days where I wish there was a Bulls game at 545. <laughs>
0: yeah. oh, your look. Hey. hey. Yeah. But it's not the biggest sports story in town tonight. Parkers at Spiegel on the score.